where was I making myself wrong or bad? And, you know, how was that keeping me from the level of self-inquiry that I needed to determine what it is that was holding me back? So, you know, in a sense, I had set up this whole system that I was very much deeply benefiting from to keep me stuck. Have you been thinking about trying the ketogenic diet, but every time you get kind of started, you just don't follow through? Or maybe you're the type of person that after a couple of days, you just stop doing it. Or maybe you're just feeling like you have some mental blocks standing in the way of you accomplishing your goals, whether that be keto or low carb or healthier living or even drinking more water. Today, our guest, Laura, explains the type of mental blocks that stand in the way of us achieving our goals. This is such a fun conversation. Laura and I have been connected online for a little while, and I just love the content she shares. You can find more from her by going to laurajperry.com. She also has an awesome Instagram account that you must, must check out. So a little bit more about Laura before we get going with our conversation today. Laura is a certified integrative health practitioner and holistic health practitioner. She is the owner of Laura Perry Root Cause Health, which is a root cause focused holistic health practice that has helped hundreds of women regain their health after chronic health issues. She has personally healed herself of over 30 plus symptoms and has uncovered the deeply woven link between the spirit, mind and body and our belief systems. By addressing each of these components, she believes that vibrant health is possible for everyone. Again, you can find more from Laura by going to laurajperry.com. Okay, let's cut over to today's interview. Hey, my name is Leanne Vogel. I'm fascinated with helping women navigate how to eat, move, and care for their bodies using a low-carb diet. I'm a small-town holistic nutritionist turned three-time international best-selling author turned functional medicine practitioner, offering telemedicine services around the globe to women looking to better their health and stop second-guessing themselves. I'm here to teach you how to wade through the wellness noise to get to the good stuff that'll help you achieve your goals. We're supporting your low-carb life beyond the if-it-fits-your-macros conversation. Hormones, emotions, relationship to your body, workouts, letdowns, motivation, blood work, detoxing, metabolism. I'm providing the tools to put your motivation into action. Think of it like quality time with your bestie mixed with a little med school so you're empowered at your next doctor visit. Get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn about your body and how to care for it better. This is the Keto Diet Podcast. Hey, Laura, how's it going? Hey, Leanne, I'm so good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm so glad that you're coming on the show today. This is going to be a blast. I know. I'm so, so excited. I feel like we have so much in common. So I'm super excited to get into it today. Yeah. So let's start off by you sharing a little bit about yourself. Like what lights you up? What are you working on right now? I know that you're doing some mindset coaching and this is really where we're going to focus on mindset today. But like, tell us a little bit about like what fires you up every day. Yeah, absolutely. So for years, you know, I was on this chronic health journey and I'm still really passionate about health, but it wasn't until I fixed my mindset through transformational coaching. So I experienced 
what is called transformational coaching. And it completely changed my life. It changed the way I showed up every single day and the way I related to my circumstances and the way I saw myself. And as a result, it changed my health. It changed my health in a huge way. And it changed my discernment to a level that I had never experienced before. And that was actually how I made the decision to start the keto diet, which has been one of the craziest health experiences I've ever had because it's just shifted my health in ways that I honestly didn't even think were possible. Your response makes me think that before a mindset shift, you were like unable to see that this was an option, like the ketogenic diet was an option. Would you agree with that kind of summary? Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. I was very addicted to, well, there was a lot of self-sabotaging going on with whatever it is that I would pursue but I had made my mind up out of past trauma with diet that nothing was going to work for me because I was broken. And it wasn't until that level of self-inquiry where I just realized that I was really rooted in this belief systems about being broken, feeling broken, always wrong, always bad, never, you know what I mean? So once I started analyzing that, I started asking myself, well, what's more true here? And is it true that I have to suffer in order to get something good? Is it true that I'm broken? Is it true that, or is it true that my body's never not healing and that I'm the one that has blocked the right information from coming into my life because of these rigid belief systems? Mm. I think that that's like so heavy. Like I'm always broken. I'm always bad. I'm always wrong. I feel like multiple times in my life, I have felt that way of just, it's never going to get better. The supplement's not going to work. This protocol is not going to do the trick. You know, all my efforts, I'm just going to wreck it the next day. Why do I even try? How do you unpack that? You mentioned like, what's more true? Is it just a matter of sitting down and journaling or marinating on things? Or like, what was the thing that allowed you to kind of work through these step by step? Yeah. I mean, well, working with someone for me was really, really essential and necessary because a lot of the times these belief systems are hidden in language. So it's not that I was sitting here saying to out loud that I'm broken, but I would say things like I should have done this, or she could see in the way that I was relating to a circumstance that I was shaming myself. So there's a lot of different ways to approach it. And a big part of that is to look at the decide where you're stuck. So for me, when I would start to feel resistance around something, I would ask myself, okay, what am I believing? Because it's the belief system that drives the, that creates your thoughts, that then creates your emotions, that create your feelings, which then create action. And so it's like, you have to change the cycle at the beginning. But if I couldn't get to that, then sometimes I would ask myself, okay, what am I benefiting from this? And sometimes those benefits don't look the way that you would think, right? But from the time that we're very young, from so we basically learn what we believe is right between the ages of zero and two, and then our ego just wants to continue being right. So we find ways to make ourselves right. And so one of the deepest parts of our survival system is being right. And so think about how someone would then self-sabotage themselves so that they could be right. So I would 
find a new diet and I would just jump around to all the, all these things that wouldn't work, right? Or did not work. And then I could say to myself, see, nothing's ever going to work. See, you're broken. See? So at some point I had to decide, do I want to keep being right? And what, what am I uncomfortable enough to choose a different thought? Am I uncomfortable enough to now anchor in possibilities that I wasn't able to access until now. And a big part of that for me was I had to get past judging myself because before you can even get to the self-inquiry level, you have to get past the judgment of yourself. And so you are never going to touch something with a 10-foot pole if you're labeling it bad. So how am I going to take responsibility for how I show up in my reality if I'm making myself bad and wrong? And so I really had to start unpacking where was I making myself wrong or bad? And, you know, how was that keeping me from the level of self-inquiry that I needed to determine what it is that was holding me back? So, you know, in a sense, I had set up this whole system that I was very much deeply benefiting from to keep me stuck. And it's crazy when you start thinking about it like that. And I think a lot of people that that idea scares them away. And it's in, and the question I always ask people is, why do you think that is? And I think when people think that they could be contributing to the, their current reality in this way, it scares them because they immediately make themselves wrong or bad immediately. Well, that was my fault. I'm at fault. But that's just the way that you're relating to what you're hearing. It's not actually true. You're not wrong or bad. It just is. And do you like the future coming towards you or do you want it to look different? And for me, I wanted it to look different. So I just got serious about doing the work. Completely. Like it sounds like you were, and many of us stay stuck to prove to ourselves that we're right and that we'll be stuck. Is that what you're saying? Like, I'm broken. I'll never get this right. All I do is suck at diets or movement or whatever our goals are. And so we set out with that track going on in our mind and we stay stuck because we're wanting to prove to ourselves deep down inside that we're right because we suck. Is that kind of what you're saying? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think there on the flip side too, another thing that I think it's part sort of part of the human condition is it's scary to be seen. So it's just easier to play small. It's easier to just stay where you are because then you don't risk failing or that's what you perceive as failing, right? Like that, that again, it all goes back to how we're relating to what we're experiencing, but it's interesting because we hide the things that we don't want other people to see. But what's really happening is that we don't want to see those things. Okay, so in the case of, for example, a woman wants to start working out, but it's a very vulnerable place when you start going to the gym and you're new and you don't really know what you're doing and you're kind of like fumbling around with things and you could maybe feel judged or like you don't know what you're doing and therefore it stops you from moving forward with your goal because it's just you're scared to be seen, you're scared to be vulnerable. Is that a good example? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, a lot of the times we're not actually responding to what other people think. We're responding to the thoughts in our head about what we think people are going to think. And so it's really, it all starts with this self-judgment. It all starts with the internal dialogue, this internal world that we've created that this person's going to judge me and 
I mean, they may, that's a possibility, but does it, you get to choose whether it impacts you or not based off of how you judge yourself. Are you going to judge yourself because that person's judging you? We know that we lose muscle as we age and that this loss massively affects our ability to function. Like I'm talking basic tasks here. Muscle is important for protecting our joints and also keeping our metabolism revving. Basically, you want muscle. And unfortunately, a lot of us just don't prioritize muscle maintenance or see it as an importance. And you may also be cringing at the idea of going to the gym and being able to maintain that muscle consistently. Yes, active moving is super good, and there's really nothing like it when it comes to the mood boost of pumping iron. <laughs> so when I share about Urolithin A, I am not saying just to do this and you can maintain your muscle without movement. Well, like I am saying that because Urolithin A does do that, but I think pairing Urolithin A with exercise is likely the best path forward. So I started taking a product called MitoPure to boost my performance and improve muscular strength. And MitoPure has 500 milligrams per serving of urolithin A, a postbiotic shown to have major benefits to significantly increasing muscle strength and endurance with no other change in lifestyle. Yes, you heard that right. I just said that it has major benefits to significantly increase muscle strength and endurance with no other change to lifestyle. It gives your body the energy it needs to optimize its cellular power grid through boosted mitochondrial health without changes to lifestyle or diet. Now imagine what it could do with your low carb diet and a walking goal or a lifting goal a couple of times per week. It took me a long time, like a couple of months to introduce MitoPure to my day because it's so strong. Every time I took it, I almost had too much energy, so I really had to titrate up. MitoPure is the first product to offer a precise dose of urolithin A to upgrade mitochondrial function, increase cellular energy, and improve muscle strength and endurance. They've created three ways to get your daily dose of 500 milligrams of urolithin A in their product, MitoPure. They've got a delicious vanilla protein powder that combines muscle building protein with the cellular energy of MitoPure. Now this product does contain whey protein. And then they have a berry powder that easily mixes into smoothies or just about any drink. This is dairy free. And finally the soft gels, which is what I prefer because it's just easier. This is also dairy free. I love the starter pack idea though. If you can handle the dairy, the three forms of MitoPure to play around with whey which one is your favorite? Top notch. So Timeline, the creators of MitoPure, is putting together a sweet little offer for you, 10% off your first order. So if you go to timelinenutrition.com slash KDP and use the code KDP, you'll get 10% off your order. Again, that's timelinenutrition.com slash KDP. I recommend trying their starter pack with all three formats and picking out your best format. Again, that's timelinenutrition.com com slash KDP. Yes, completely. And I think if you're married, you can probably relate to this. Oftentimes my husband and I will have a conversation and I'm like, but this happened and, and you were thinking this and, and he's like, no, I wasn't. 
Like, I was not, I was not thinking that. I, that is not my goal. That's, that's not what we talked about five days ago. And I'm like, yeah, but, but you, you abandoned me. And it's like, no, I, I told you that I was going to go to the store and I was going to be back at two o'clock. And then I was in traffic and it's two 30, you know? So like, I can see that in my relationship, like my closer relationships when we get in our heads about these things. And so I'm sure anyone who's married can attest to this of just like, sometimes you're not on the same page and you're thinking something that the other person is not thinking and you create this whole world around a situation and then you talk with them and they're like, that is not at all how I'm seeing this, thinking about this. Would that be a good example of what you're talking about? Oh my gosh, absolutely. You start thinking for the other person and then all of a sudden it's taken off and you don't even realize you're doing it. And then, you know, a marriage is the perfect example of this, honestly. And, and imagine the systems that get created in marriage from two people that have all the things they believe they're right about, you know, and it's, you create a system, like the prob problems that present themselves in marriage. It's just two people that have created a system to keep getting the benefits that they want. And so that it's very interesting because I've realized through working with our amazing coach, our Julia Woods, and she coaches us both separately, but on the same call. And so we are never fighting. She's just showing us how our system is interwoven and how each of us is contributing to the system every single time. And it's, it has called me up to a level of like radical accountability, honestly, that I didn't think was possible. But like I said, I really had to let go of the judgment of myself and both of us fall back into it. I mean, we're human. This is just part of being human, right? But, you know, she says, you can't control your thoughts, but you can have the thought more than it has you. And that's kind of something I think we've both taken with us because of course our thoughts are going to run. It's it, but do we have our nature more than it has us? And that's really the whole goal with this transformational coaching. And I really, you know, marriage really is the, the, a perfect example of that. And so when I started taking radic radical accountability in my marriage, my husband started changing. I mean, to the point that he used to be two hours late sometimes to things when we first met and being late was kind of always his thing. And when I, every single time that we had a problem, if I could take accountability for how I showed up, it just, it completely shifted the dynamic in our marriage and it made him want to change. It inspired him is what he told me. And so it isn't easy. <laughs> You know, we've all got egos. We're humans. I mean, it just is what it is. And so, and sometimes it's easier than others, but we're, and we're, we certainly don't coexist in this, you know, perfect reality. We were yelling at each other, trying to get to dinner last night, um, <laughs> you know, but it's different now the way, you know, we respond. He snaps at me, I snap back. And then we say, why are we blaming each other? We have the same goal. Like what needs to happen to get us where we need to go? You know, it doesn't linger. It doesn't fester. It just, we, we kind of size it up for more of what it is. And sometimes, sometimes there are these periods of, I do not have it all figured out. I'm still very much on a deep, like self-exploration journey because I think for a lot of my life, I didn't know who I was. And I, you know, I, I just had no idea who I was. And I think I've shown up a lot, even in the health space as the person I think people want me to be. So, I mean, I'm still very much on this journey. <laughs> Yes, completely. I know that I felt that quite deeply. Like when I would go on tour and I would be meeting with people and they would have these snapshots of who they thought I was. 
and then who I who I really was. And it got so bad that I had to go to therapy for it because I was finding myself creating this new persona when I was around like blog readers or people that were purchasing the books that I would just kind of like put on this mask and be this different person as opposed to the person who I'm, I'm very silly in real life. Um, we were talking about this before we started recording. I walk into things all the time. I am the most disorganized person you will probably ever meet. I'm always late for things. Like I'm a true mess. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's interesting to sort of like start intercepting that. And a big piece of this, just so this is a very vulnerable share is that I feel like there's a very big disconnect between who I actually am and how I show up on social media. And I, I feel like the people who do have large followings are the people who can just literally show up and they don't give a shit, excuse my French, but I mean, it's just, they, they just don't care. They're kind of like, this is who I am. And I realized that I've been stuck in such a cycle of judging myself that it really prevents me from showing up. And I actually have a closer friend who is amazing at content creating and she's writing a book on basically how to show up and be yourself on the internet. And I was asked, happened to be out to dinner with her last night. And she said to me, I, cause I point blank asked her, I said, what is missing? And she said, you're missing. You need to be happy hour, Laura, not like, not the person you think they want, like your packaged, perfect, professional, professional Lara. And like, there's no relatable Lara. And a year ago, if I had heard that feedback, it would have like crushed me, but I was so ready for it because she's right. And I've been on this journey of trying to figure out what it is that I believe. And I think there was a part of this cycle with like having a health business and my own health. And was I perpetuating this just to have content? And it's crazy when I started analyzing all of it and I'm not obsessed with health. It's a part of my life, but there's so many other things that I find joy in, you know? And so, (laughs) I mean, like I said, I'm very much still on this journey. Completely. I think the risk that comes with some of these pieces is not becoming too introspective, (laughs) like beating it with, what do they say? What's the saying? Like beating a dead horse of, like, when do you know you've kind of reached some realizations and it's time to act versus like sitting, journaling, thinking about yourself, acting on those things? Like it could be quite toxic. Do you feel like to just be so introspective all the time? I think that when it becomes second nature to you, it doesn't feel that the toxicity is a way of relating to it, if that makes sense. So it it's a way of relating. If you're perceiving it as toxic, then it's bad right? I think it's a personal thing. When does this feel unproductive to you? So for me, it's been really productive in, in it's changed my life. It's totally changed my life. And I used to be a major avoider, you know, I would run from things. And so I don't spend a lot of time journaling. Honestly, it's never really appealed to me. Uh, This is more of just like, these are quick thoughts that I have in my head, but like with the example of soliciting that feedback last night from someone, a year ago, because I would relate to my reality based off of what other people think of me and not what I saw to be more true about myself, that feedback would have thrown me over the edge. But I no longer, I don't relate to myself that way anymore. I see how God sees me. And so it just doesn't, you know, it doesn't, I don't, I left a lot of the defensiveness that I had behind. 
And so, yeah, I mean, I'm sure if, if this was like all I sat around and did all day, every day, but I also think it's so empowering to know that I'm the only person holding me back and you get to decide what to do with that information. Right. And again, you're not wrong or bad for not being farther along that that's actually shaming. If you, if, if I'm saying to myself, I should be here. I mean, that's shame or my life shouldn't have been like this. That's also shame. It's like this work has allowed me to find so much gratitude and it's strengthened my relationship with God so much to see what a gift every single moment is. And it's allowed me to be present. It's anchored me in the present more than, because I don't actually go and dig up my path. That's like not part of the work. The work is just kind of understanding the internal world and, and reminding yourself basically what's more true. And that's how God sees us all, right? Yes, completely. I think what I'm hearing you say is just really being in the present moment, how you are responding to the environment, to the people, to everything around you and what your response is to those. Because I know, you know, when I was a little bit younger, writing blog posts and things, people would say nasty things to me and it would, it would crush me for a long time. It would really affect me sort of things like that, whether it's like a comment, maybe somebody says at work or just in passing, or you just feel fragile around certain comments. Um, could that be a good sign that the fragility around people's words as being a good sign that perhaps it's time to do this sort of work? Yeah, I mean, I think so. But again, that's a choice. And it's not, you know, there, there's no wrong bad in the way you felt or handled that. It just is. And life is just a series of choices. And it really comes down to, do we like the outcome we currently have? <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, you know? And it, so if, if you don't, if you're saying to me, I don't like the way I feel when someone says this to me and I want to choose differently, then absolutely. And the great news is that's all possible. Very, very possible to relate differently to that type of information. And it takes time. I mean, it took me really six months to really get a hang of a lot of this. And these are big concepts that I'm just sort of like, you know, that I really know cognitively and feel cognitively, but there it's not so easy. And, and sometimes the information I think can be like a little bit when you don't work with someone one-on-one -on -one and you hear this kind of information, it's difficult to digest. And I just, I pray that it... <laughs> doesn't come across in any way as shaming or, you know, and I think it also will find the right people, right? I mean, I, I find that's generally how God works is the right people find you. I'm sure you kind of feel that way in your practice. Cute. <laughs> yeah, totally. Now you mentioned a little bit about keto and how once you started doing this work, you realized that there were blocks that you had kind of, it sounds like around the efficacy of a ketogenic diet and just whether or not it was for you. Can you talk a little bit more about your process of bringing in a ketogenic diet and the sorts of, do you call them blocks or just like triggers or things that you had to work through while you were adopting a ketogenic diet? Definitely. And they're absolutely blocked. And so I had done pro-metabolic. Well, first I had done veganism and I literally changed my whole life because I was very works and performance based. Right. And I kind of grew up that way. Just the harder you work, the more you get. Right. So clearly that I just, if I just worked harder, if I made more juices, if I, 
literally killed myself every day to be a vegan, like my health would transform. Well, nothing really happened. I mean, a little bit, but nothing. So I just had such a disdain. And then I started, then I rooted in this belief system that my body should be able to tolerate any food if it's healthy. So I've just got to keep killing off pathogens and keep binding things. And so then I was stuck in that mindset. So then I was stuck in this idea that no diet would ever work because I had to get all the pathogens and things out of my body. So I was stuck in the supplement hamster wheel and jumping all around all the biohacks. And so once I realized, I just sort of had this epiphany one day, I keep thinking that there's something outside of me that needs to happen in order for my body to fix itself. And I just asked myself, is this true? Like, is this how God made me? And I just had this light bulb go off and I thought, it's just not how God made me. My body's never not healing. So what am I choosing right now to reinforce this belief system? And I started just kind of like analyzing my life, like the supplements. And so someone had mentioned fasting to me and I accidentally fasted one day and I felt really good and a lot less hungry. And so I randomly just started fasting. And there's so much negative information about fasting on the internet and particularly in the Instagram space. And I just noticed myself looking for ways to self-sabotage myself. And I had lost a lot of hair in the previous year. And like all of a sudden I was trying to contribute it to fasting. I was looking for ways to make myself write about all these thoughts I had that I was broken or I wasn't suffering enough. Like it couldn't be this easy, you know? And then I just decided, who do I want to be today? And that's another thing people can do. Who do I want to be? Like, who do I want to show up as? And I want to show up as someone who's committed to myself. So I'm just going to commit to this. I'm just, I'm going to try to be conscious of the thoughts and I'm going to ignore these, not ignore, but I'm going to acknowledge them, but still keep committing to this just to see what happens. And then all of a sudden my hormones started coming back online. And I noticed that because for six years, like I really felt, I mean, asexual. And then I started realizing like, I actually have hormones again. I'm interested in intimacy and oh my gosh, like who am I? And so then I thought, well, if this is working so well, let me just, I I kept getting almost what I would call magnetized to keto and I had gained so much weight and nothing was working for me. The weight was pseudo coming off with fasting, but, and honestly, I don't even think I could have approached keto as a diet because I didn't, but sure. In the back of my head, that was the motive that was, I was motivated by that also. So I, you know, I still was having symptoms and whatnot, but definitely choosing to relate to them differently because of what I saw it producing in my life, which was a lot of chaos. And so I started asking myself, you know, could I benefit from a ketogenic diet? And I started, honestly, I used to be very, very impulsive and I would just do whatever came up in my reality. I would just run to it. And, you know, I was very much responding to my reality. Like I wasn't very intentional and that's a huge difference for me now. And so I studied it. I started studying keto. I got your book. I started listening to some webinars and I started studying it from like a cellular biology perspective. And I realized it just, something resonated so deeply with me that this is how God created us. This is how God designed our bodies. And I really tried hard to educate myself on all the places that I could go wrong because I didn't want to end up making myself right 
about not being able to stick to something. And so I studied it for probably a month before I ever took the plunge, which in the past I would have decided in a day, started it in a day, quit in three days. And so I started it and that was probably six weeks ago at this point. And yeah, I mean, I certainly have had moments like I've had some times where I've had gallbladder pain and, but I've, I've just really committed to the vision of what it is and how it affects the body. And I really think it's that commitment and belief that it's like, this is how we were designed that has allowed me to have so much success with it. When I started eating a low carb diet in 2014, I had no idea the impacts that low electrolytes would have on my overall health. I started keto, I added a little bit of pink salt to my water, but really didn't think that a lack of sodium, potassium, or magnesium would really throw me off. I can tell you after a couple of weeks of eating the ketogenic diet, it was very apparent that I needed electrolytes. Unfortunately, at the time, there was no element electrolytes. There was no such thing. I really had two different options. They weren't the best. I went and added pink salt to my water. That tasted not so great. Fast forward a whole bunch of years, Element came out with their first electrolyte powder, and I've been hooked ever since. In fact, little secret here, I actually add more salt to my Element packet because I'm crazy. So my very favorite way to enjoy Element electrolytes is to add it to my 24-ounce water bottle and add an additional quarter teaspoon of gray sea salt. Now, this isn't for everybody, but for individuals that are massively lacking sodium. I do have this issue personally. Um, It can display as allergies, apathy, abdominal bloating, depression, dizziness, fatigue, low blood pressure, low hydrochloric acid in your stomach, poor protein digestion, weakness, slow oxidation. And unfortunately, calcium supplements will make this even worse. And so If you think that maybe, maybe you need more sodium on your ketogenic diet, the best way to bump this up is with electrolyte packets. I've had many coaching friends and clients tell me that they're taking anywhere between two to six packets a day. I know that it is my most favorite way to prepare for a workout is doing my electrolytes about 30 minutes before I work out. If you haven't tried Element and you're looking for a different type of electrolyte or you've never tried them before and you're curious if this is the missing ticket in your ketogenic diet, you can go to drinklmnt.com, grab a couple items, and get a free sample pack with your order. That's eight single serving packets free with any element order. All you have to do is go to drinklmnt.com slash kdp, and you can get your free sample pack with any order. Now, this is totally risk-free. If you don't like what you get, contact them and they will give you your money back. No questions asked. You really have nothing to lose. It's a fantastic product. And I can't wait to hear which flavor is your favorite. There are so many pieces that you touched on, like the excuses that tell you to stop, um, how often we embark on this new journey. And then the next day we're like, 10 reasons why the ketogenic diet is the most dangerous ever, you know, and we're, we're trying to find that will tell us that it's unsafe or we shouldn't do it. Or uh, I cannot even tell you how often this happens for me. You also touched on the impulsivity. I see this a lot in my practice of 
a lack of commitment then creates this impulsivity where you try a new thing for three days and then like that didn't work. So then you try the next thing for two days and like that didn't work, but there's not enough commitment to the long haul. And there's not a big enough vision to say like, I'm going to give this a year. Like I'm going to do this for an entire year. I'm going to see how this pans out and I'm committing to this. I think that commitment piece is so, so huge in the grand scheme. Yeah, absolutely. And what I found, because I used to be someone that broke commitments to myself constantly, literally all the time. I never kept commitments to myself and I always put everyone else in front of myself. So I think what I found is it comes back to a couple of things. It's worthiness usually. And it's this idea, like I had, I mentioned that see I'm broken, nothing's ever going to work for me. And you know, usually we learn that somewhere. I mean, a lot of this stuff comes in from childhood, honestly, but you don't need to rehash your childhood to work through it. Right. It's just, we sort of like inherit these ideas and, you know, I had to just, I, I could see where I started to learn that I was wrong all the time and I was broken. And then why being right became so important for me as a child, like in the way I was trying to protect myself, you know, I could also see how that was really hurting me now and hurt, you know, it just, I wasn't getting the things I wanted. And that whole idea of like making myself right about the thing that I was believing was what was causing all of that impulsivity and chaos because I just wanted to be right that nothing was ever going to work. See, see all these years that I've broken all these commitments to myself, it wasn't really my fault. It's just that I'm broken. It just, it's more comfortable than the alternative sometimes, you know? And again, no one's wrong or bad. This is just the is human. This is humanity. It's just how we're wired until we become aware of it. Yes. I um, embarked on a new journey a year ago, almost to the date to start working out and like really commit to working out. And man, it was hard there at the beginning. Now it's kind of natural, but I noticed that I had a challenge committing to something because I lacked trust in myself. And so I would commit to something and then I would say like, I'm not trustworthy. I can't be trusted with this. I'm going to fail because I don't commit to things well because I don't trust my body. And for me, there was this massive lack of trust, I think, because I had an eating disorder and I had hurt myself so many times when I was sick that I didn't think that I could trust myself to keep a commitment. So I would drop out of a commitment to prove that I'm not trustworthy to myself. And so this was a constant loop until I realized, oh my goodness, this is about a lack of trust. Like I do not trust myself. Like that, that is, oh, that feeling is just totally gross. (laughs) So, and I was sick and tired of it. And so now when I commit to things, I say like, I'm proving to myself that I can be trusted, that I can trust myself, that I have my goals in mind, and I'm doing what I feel is best for myself. I'm not trying to hurt myself. Those processes were were massively needed for me to stick to this goal for over a year. That is amazing. I feel like that is some really deep self-inquiry that you should be really proud of because not a lot of people can go there or are willing to go there with themselves. And, you know, you had that revelation and you just decided who am I going, who's Leanne going to be moving forward? Who am I committed to be? Who am I committed to showing up as? And you did it. Yeah, I did. You just chose it. (laughs) It's, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting too. When you make that decision, 
like getting to that place is challenging. But I know for myself personally, once I've seen it and I understand it and I've chosen, okay, I'm sick of this. I don't want to live like this anymore. I see what the root is. Then it becomes a lot easier. I mean, there were a lot of setbacks and, you know, those sorts of things, but nothing compared to when I lacked trust. Like I've been able to commit to this. I haven't missed a day. I've been like on point the whole time, I think, because I see it very different. So yeah, I I agree with you. Once you've made that decision of saying like, who do I want to be? How do I want to show up? And being sick and tired of the way things were, I think that that was the missing piece for me in in that regard. Yes. And for a lot of people, it may, may, may not have to be as complex as the things that I went through and experienced, but I just... I had a lot of stuff up there <laughs> in the old noggin, like, like you say. And, uh, you know, for some people, it is as simple as who are you committed to be? And sometimes when we get frustrated with our kids, I'll just look at my husband and say, who are we committed to be right now? How are we committed to showing up? And it brings us back to who we want to be, which is we just want to, we want to be loving with boundaries, but we're really frustrated right now, but we're going to be loving, you know? Laura, this is incredible. I feel like we could talk forever about this. So what are some of the tools that you feel like we haven't covered that may help listeners today that are starting to like dive deeper into this? Do you feel like there's anything that we missed? I know. I feel like we could just talk about this for so long. And yeah, I've been so impressed with a lot of these tools and how they've allowed me to stay accountable. And true to who I am. And I think, you know, that's the one thing that I would say is when you create a vision, sometimes it's hard. Like you said, we talked about this, like the the self-reflection isn't always easy, but it's sometimes it's easier to just say, who am I committed to being today? And how can I show up like that person and make choices that align with the person that I want to be? So I think it's really important to decide when you're embarking on something like this, who do I want to be? And, you know, how does that person show up? And, you know, when you are feeling confused or you're feeling like you're questioning yourself, you can fall back on that and say, who do I want to show up as today? So that's been really, really helpful for me. Amazing. And where can people find more from you, connect with you? Tell us about your coaching program. Where can where can we connect? Yeah, so you can find me on my Instagram at laura.j.perry or you can go to laurajperry.com. I have a group of practitioners who practice muscle testing, who trained under me, who are all fantastic and all have, you know, their their little niche and they're all wonderful people and yeah, but you can check me out uh, uh, at my Instagram. I'm pretty active on Instagram. You and I, I know I've chatted on Instagram before. So I would love to hear from you guys. And thank you so much for having me. This has been so awesome. That's it from us. I hope you enjoyed our time with Laura. Again, you can find her at laurajperry.com. Okay, we'll see you back here for another episode of the Keto Diet Podcast next Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Join us next Tuesday for another episode of the Keto Diet Podcast. Looking for more resources? Go to healthfulpursuit.com for keto meal plans, weight loss programs, low-carb recipes, and oodles of free resources to get you going. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. 
We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representation or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program. 